This is Human V Robot, a podcast about the intersection of humanity and technology. Welcome to Human V Robot. I'm Andy, and I'm here here with my sister Heather. Heather, how are you doing this week? I'm doing great. Spring has finally arrived in Saskatchewan. Uh, I feel like every week it's my weather update, but you just have to understand, like it is been winter until yeah. now, and that's a lot. Uh, when it's been winter since like November, yeah, um, into April, so the things feel good. Like the world is waking up here. <laughs> I totally agree. Something about spring is just just brings yeah. everything back to life. I mean, yeah, metaphorically exactly. and literally, I guess. Um, yes. And it also brings sickness. I feel like every time, yes. <laughs> every update is like weather and health. Uh, weather and I, health. My, yes. my kids were super sick on the weekend and I'm oh. feeling it in the back of my throat. I know it's there, but I'm like hoping that it doesn't hit me hard. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, this past weekend I got like either food poisoning or some kind of bug and it was horrible. Like I just was suffering yeah. the whole weekend. So I don't know. Well, I don't know. I, I kind of blame maybe a bug things going around. I don't know. It's like. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's rough. Yeah. Um, so in your updates, you posted an uh, uh, article about chat GPT inventing a sex, sexual harassment scandal. Uh, yeah. So that's kind of the um, the headline, obviously. Yeah. Um, is uh, so this article from the Washington Post talked about how a professor, a law professor, got an email that he was listed among um, people or a legal, a list of legal scholars that had sexually harassed someone. Right. And it was, uh, you know, the sort of the saying goes fake news, I guess, because um, never happened, never been accused, never been in the place. Uh, there's something about a class trip to Alaska. Uh, there had never been a class trip to Alaska. It was all made up. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it was citing an article um, that was the source of the information and the article didn't exist. Right. Um, and so later on in this article from the Washington Post, an actual article, um, it talked about uh, how there was a list of, and I think like, you know, you can see when you use ChatGPT, it's like, give me three examples of X, Y, Z of this thing. And um, it will give you the examples, but it's not going to tell you where they're from. And then, right. so then the person had gone on to ask, you know, can you tell me the sources of those examples and and three of the five were were fake right um so it had you know and and i think this is the kind of I, I, we're going to talk a lot actually about chat gpt today yeah. it looks like um which is fine but uh this is kind of one of those uh surprising sort of dark sides is the you know the invented scandal and s- sometimes you know considering like how damaging such a thing could actually end up being for a person's career um because yeah. you know kind of gets around and you know who knows um so yeah just uh i thought i'd share that when i just saw it on the list um, yeah and we'll, we'll we'll get to this in a bit but at the bottom of my screen my chat gpt transcript i don't know if this is new but it actually has like right at the bot across the bottom it's like research preview chat gpt may produce inaccurate information about people places or facts yeah and I don't remember seeing that before. It may have been there before, but it's yeah, super important to know that it's uh, it's hallucinating a lot of things. That yeah, gonna... actually, it came up with a new term as a, a linguistics grad. I always appreciate these new terms. Yeah, um, but it's called hallucitations. 
Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So like, add that one to your vocabulary. Maybe that's good. like word of the year for 2023. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's a citation that's a hallucination made up. Interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good. Good to know. I will <laughs> keep that one in mind. It's, <laughs> okay. It doesn't roll off the tongue real well. Hallucination. Yeah. Hallucitation. Say that ten times fast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, and then for my update, more chat GPT stuff. I feel like it's, it's, I guess it's just the, in the news and in the public consciousness. So we might as well talk about it. Uh, our main topic is going to be on drones, which is kind of a departure, but I think, I think we do need to cover some of this stuff. Um, so at the risk of becoming just a hard fork review podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm okay I, with it. <laughs> I did want to we bring like up. like a fan a, podcast. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, that's a thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think so, yeah. Yeah. But usually they're about shows or other things, not podcasts. Oh, but, a podcast about a podcast. Yeah, yeah. Little, yeah. Mm, okay, but that, that, that's fine. Um, okay. So in a recent uh, hard fork, they, they interviewed Sundar Pichai, who's the CEO of Google. Um, who had some really, I, I thought some really good and some slightly misleading or um, some interesting takes on AI, I would say, and and just like the future of it. Um, a couple things I was surprised by was how um, willing to consider regulation he was. Like, he's like, we need regulation on this. And I was like, oh, wow, that's surprising, actually. Like, yeah. I would have thought there would be more pushback. Um, and so like there other other like minor things about Bard, like Bard rolled out and was somewhat underwhelming, I would say, like for the most part, like it's just not as good as ChatGPT really in yeah. a lot of ways. But there was some good context on why, like basically they're rolling it out slower with their less powerful language models just to um just to fine tune things as a during the rollout which i think given my experience of chat gpt and some of the other things and then especially uh what is microsoft's one called again uh yeah the w w you, you know bing? how bad uh yeah bing um we we covered it last week there was a Ooh, right. There, Kevin Roos had the unsettling name, conversation. Yeah, yes. there, there was a like code name. I yeah. I don't remember it off the top of my head. Anyway, like I think they're trying to avoid that kind of situation. And in general, the more I use ChatGPT, the more I think they could be doing more to filter out um, the implications. I guess so. This is in my next update. I, 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 well, first I tried to get it to write a script for this episode, which is fun. <laughs> um, and then I was like, I wonder, like, I wonder what its strengths and strengths and weaknesses are. Cause I, I find like it's pretty good at telling stories and like coming up with like, uh, that kind of like narrative structure and like, uh, and then like like papers and stuff like that, at least giving the structure and sound of a legit paper. Um, so I was like, I wonder if it could make up a joke. So I won't go through the whole thing, but the transcript is kind of funny. The joke that we collaborated on, I would say. <laughs> um, 
but like some details so that i thought were interesting was like it says um like it, it refers to itself as human like they have how about we write a joke about pets they have a way of making us laugh and like indicating that like it's making chat gpt laugh and also like um it says uh that pets do things that just don't make sense to us humans and saying us humans is just reinforcing that bias of like okay it's like i understand why it's more relatable to hear it that way but referring to itself as as human really is misleading and i think like i think from a programming perspective that kind of thing would be reasonably easy i don't i don't have like i i don't have a super <laughs> good like I, i've played around with the underlying technology a little bit but in my estimation it should be quite easy to post process that stuff and clean up the language so that it's not implying that it's sentient or human or all these things i i feel like that's like I, I have some criticisms, I guess, of OpenAI and how ChatGPT is functioning. Yeah, I mean that's a really fair thing to say. That I mean that could be a pretty easy uh, line to draw. Is just to you're not. I mean it's kind of goes to sort of misrepresentation. Is yeah. that if you are not human, you may not allow. You're not allowed to represent yourself as human. Right. Um, as having human identity. Um seems like a reasonably easy thing that we could uh cover yeah <laughs> in practice and law i guess yeah and i think i like from my understanding i don't know the specifics of what google is doing in the bard rollout but it seems like things like that that are that are misleading users into thinking that it's something else because like those things are subtle and you know like on the reflection that that's not true but it, it's just misleading and, and feeds this user perception, I think, mm -hmm. um, in unhealthy ways. Yeah. In my opinion. <laughs> Very unnecessary too. Like, what's the point of this? Yeah. Yeah. Um, um yeah. Yeah. So I have another update from just from a, uh, I don't know, just sitting around and my husband was watching, I don't know, some Instagram or TikTok or something like that. And it was this, uh, woman who was like hailed her first, uh, driverless rideshare in right. San Francisco. So she was like, oh, it's, you know, it's free because they're in the testing phase. And I looked for the link after I couldn't find it. Um, but it was just really interesting to just see her like, here's my car. It showed up. She, and then the like app unlocked it. Boop. She gets in. Away it goes. Drives her off. No driver. And just, right. you know, whoop, like the steering wheel is turning. I was like, okay, well, this is very strange. Yeah. Um, and then drops her off and didn't cost anything. Um, but anyway, I just... It's uh, it just makes it so much more real when you just watch somebody get in, you know, go on a route with the car, just get out. Um, yeah. I guess I hadn't seen that before. So anyway. Yeah. Well, and that really ties into our um, autonomous, like autonomous cars are definitely part of this like drone uh, discussion that we'll be talking about as our main topic. It's, mm -hmm. um, yeah. We'll we'll get into that. It's very interesting and kind of 
surreal and creepy in in a lot of ways <laughs> but um but exciting in in other ways like i think it's yeah it's an interesting time to be witnessing these kind of technologies come into actually be use, useful right yeah um i feel like they've existed they've sort of existed in sci-fi for quite a while uh so it's yeah it's really interesting to see them actually <laughs> come into being um yeah yeah did you so want our, to say any more about your script for the episode written yes courtesy? okay so we're talking about <laughs> drones today yes. autonomous drones and uh i i so i i got i tried to get chat gpt to like get me started because i think that's where it's really good is is like idea generation and that sort of collaborative thing um and it's so the first the first pass was just like way too cheery and way too like there was a lot of like really excited positive <laughs> language that I was just like me and Heather could pull this I off. Reject like, this. If if I was reading that directly, I would feel so awkward, right? And yeah. So I was like, let's try it a little more sarcastic and pessimistic, which. <laughs> 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 I don't want that to be the tone of our That's podcast. I was okay. just like, fr from that baseline, I'm like, we need to be a little more balanced. So let's try it. Um, and then the, so this is actually what triggered the joke thing because the way, the way it did sarcasm and pessimism seemed really awkward <laughs> as well. I was like, you're just not funny at all, chat GPT. No. Like, can <laughs> you, like, do you know humor at all? <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, I won't. That that's about all I had. It's yeah, just funny. I, I think the last sentence is funny. And what can they do? Oh, just about everything. They can deliver packages, <laughs> monitor crops, and even assist in emergency response situations. How wonderful! How wonderful! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually asked it for uh, examples of times when drones had uh, not worked properly or had gotten into funny situations, and right. all of the examples were like. Hee hee, it crashed in a lake. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. good one. Um, or it was like, um, uh, it was a delivery drone that crashed into a tree. It stayed in the tree for two days. And again, I was like, I'm kind of like, that's the funny part. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like it doesn't, yeah, it just doesn't do humor very well. I mean, it. it like I, you could kind of see it trying, but yeah, it's yeah. just, I, I don't, the nuance isn't there. I don't feel Okay. Like. I did actually one more thing. Okay. So, so we're kind okay. of belaboring this point, but this is just like the most exciting tool that I think I've used in a long time. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I was, uh, <laughs> I was watching a couple of just like videos or whatever. It just, my, my social media fast hasn't really lasted, which is okay. I mean, it's sort of maybe have a better relationship with it now. So if you're listening, yeah, I'm kind of back on the socials again a little bit. Okay. Um, but I was watching just sort of like going through the for you on a page or whatever. And somebody had one that was like, use chat GPT to act like a um, competitor analysis um, on, you know, get, talk about their competitive advantage and how you can improve. So it's talking about like using it in your business, which I thought was really interesting. Right. It's like, I want you to act like uh, this and do these things and search out their unique value proposition and do this and then tell me how I can improve my business. Um, but then I started watching all of this uh, woman's videos and she had another one that was like, get it to write like resumes, cover letters, LinkedIn descriptions and all of this sort of stuff. So I, I fed it 
a, a job description and I fed it my resume and I was like, let's see what it comes up with. And it really, really laid it on thick. Like I was sending parts of it, <laughs> like just texting parts of it to my husband. Cause I was like, I mean, you got to read this. It was just like your value, per, you know, your goal for providing this kind of product at low rates perfectly aligns with my values. So I was like, I didn't know lo- that <laughs> products at low prices was part of my value system, but I guess it is now. Yeah. It, it was just, it just like, it was just like the most, like it would just almost set your teeth on edge how like sugary sweet it tried to make it like it was right. so like insincere i was just like oh like i can't even imagine sending but maybe that's what people want to see but i was just like oh um it was really kind of disingenuous and i was like can you make this more personal and it, and it took another pass but honestly it hardly changed anything so i don't know what anyway uh um, yeah yeah, just another experiment this week. So I'm, I'm trying little tasks with it. I'll try the competitor analysis one on, on a company and see if I can um, come up with something for next next time. Yeah. Um, while we're talking about ChatGPT, just, just to shoehorn one more thing that I saw this week. Um, have you seen the video with the ChatGPT-powered Furby? Um <laughs> I didn't watch it, no. Okay. It's, it's pretty interesting, and I think it, like... It's funny, but it also highlights like as soon as like it's very easy to in a text box, like just in a text conversation to like contextualize and and know that it's not doing anything beyond predictive text in a sense. But as soon as you see uh, an entity in the world, like saying the same thing, it's actually super creepy. So I think like. Definitely, once you start start seeing the combination of, I, I mean, Furbies probably won't be the thing that people put it in, but they'll probably put it into like a, a more lifelike robot kind of. Um, yeah. And I think it's much harder to disconnect and, and contextualize. Like, it's really like, it's just weird to hear yeah. a Furby. <laughs> Furbies definitely didn't need an edge to become creepier. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But totally. it, it it's very clear. It's like non-humanness is very clear. Right. Um, hmm. Okay. I'll go watch yeah. it after. Okay. Um, so yeah, this this week we wanted to talk about drones because I've we were talking uh, last when we were talking about this we were thinking like it's kind of weird how little we've heard maybe but also like there are definitely like current active developments in this area in technology mm-hmm. um and there's probably like a lot of crossover with like ai getting better and then like not just furbies but like like driverless cars and stuff like yeah uh this autonomous vehicle um reality i think that we live in is kind of interesting um and i th- the, the main one that sprang to mind was like how much the Amazon delivery drone service was in the news, like, like over probably five years ago or more. Um, and how that just hasn't really happened. So it's kind of like, is this, uh, actually in the future or is it like unrealistic? And I think there's some indication that for Amazon's use case in particular, it's not really that, uh, beneficial because <laughs> it's like very expensive to send an individual drone a long distance with a heavy package and a lo- like a lot of things 
are conspiring to make it like not really um, that useful. And even just like looking at the proliferation of Amazon delivery vans in town and it, like over the last few years, it seems like exponential how much like they are delivering a ton, but the autonomous thing doesn't seem practical. Like sometimes just having a human is the most economic <laughs> and viable. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I, I think like the one thing I was thinking about drones is like, there's no doubt in my mind that drones will affect or be part of everyone's life in the future. But yeah. what is interesting sort of like when we talk about JatGPT is that we can all like, while we can't create it, we can sort of participate in it as it rolls out. Right. And I think that one of the reasons that I haven't paid a lot of attention to drones is it seems like a really specific kind of thing that I'm just not interested in because I don't want to own a drone for right. like, I don't know. I mean, my kids want one, but I don't know what for. I think the right. novelty wear, wear off in about five seconds. Um, but like, I just don't like that. That's the part where I'm just sort of like, I have no sort of active participation in the sort of the use, the play, the experimentation, the kind of the working with it. Um, yeah. But I do think, like, in terms of, like, the future, you will be served by, things will be brought to you, you will have, like, there, parts of your life will be, like, drone or autonomous drone will be there for you, like, that will be in your life. But, yeah, um, yeah I, I don't know if they're, like, I don't know if that line makes sense, because it's just like, I just don't really interact with them right now. Yeah, I think that's fair because I think I think they're just not especially autonomous. And maybe I should clarify like the difference. Like a drone is like drones are very popular among filmmakers and you definitely see way more like shots in in YouTube and in in actual like bigger productions of drone footage, which is just like the the remote controlled uh like quadcopter kind of drone that's like you're it's not autonomous in that you're you're flying it you're taking the shots um most of them have some level of like autonomy where you can set it to go to pre-programmed spots sort of mm -hmm. I, and i don't have one either so i don't have too much uh <laughs> interest in that and i think that like you say the autonomous versions like like an amazon mm -hmm. package delivery or or even like autonomous cars are not really a thing yet <laughs> mm. but are likely coming yeah um but i think there's a, it's interesting to see um where the the cost benefit payoff actually makes sense because like in which domains like it's, yeah yeah it's sort of like just a sort of like anything else it's kind of requires experimentation yeah, because you would think like intuitively, it seems like Amazon package delivery because it's just ubiquitous would yeah. seem like the most obvious place to have autonomous drones. But like you said, it's just having a person with just a ton of packages in their vehicle driving around. Yeah, maybe is the most economical calculation. I don't know. Yeah, because that is by far the most the the highest volume per whatever it's like putting yeah, things on I mean, wheels and having a person drive it like yeah that's, like if you had a, a a robot that could get out and put your package on your doorstep for you yeah 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 it's just like the benefit like it seems obvious what the benefit is but the cost and the like 
I think what what you miss or what we can miss is that like vehicles are really good at doing volume and it, it, it's actually uh th there was this I forget a re report or something it was like what is the like the highest bandwidth data transfer like they were looking at all these like uh infrastructure warehouses like how much data you could you move from A to B over different connections right and by far the highest volume was like hard drives in a car. <laughs> like you just put a, load up a bunch of hard drives in a car, drive it across the country. That's going to get you the, like get the data there the fastest, mm -hmm. um, which is like unintuitive. Like you would think, well, you know, our connections are so fast. How is that possible? But yeah. just the amount of data that you could put in a, in a vehicle or like on physical media and transport physically is just like way dwarfs the amount that you can do over the wire so it's it's unintuitive but it kind of makes some sense if you yeah. think about it more and i think amazon's kind of in the same position where they can just do so much volume over on the roads that it it, it doesn't make sense at the moment um, but where you do see huge benefits are like things that are much more remote and that you don't have easy access to via via roads or via whatever yeah um, and i think if you add into that calculation just like a higher uh maybe higher value uh yeah. with you know like yeah delivering packages to places where roads service it like you know the drone delivery thing doesn't make a ton of sense but the um uh, the kind of, I think the reason that we actually just thought about this at all is I read an article that was like, uh, it's in Sweden, drone delivery AEDs are saving people's lives. So right. in remote areas, someone's having a heart attack. So the drone delivered AED arrives in three minutes. Whoever called the ambulance gets instructions about how to defibrillate the person. Um, because yeah. like every minute counts. So the, you know, uh, ambulance, a regular ambulance is going to be there in 12 minutes um but after somebody has you know had a heart event every minute is going to lead to like a 10 percent reduction in you know brain capacity afterwards or whatever potentially i don't know i don't know the science on this i'm not a healthcare provider but <laughs> yeah um yeah so the point is it's like every minute counts yeah um and so like i can see a really clear um because it's just such a high value thing yeah, uh, when you're saving people's lives, just delivering like a uh, you know a defibrillator, an AED. Yeah, and then related, I guess, sort of related, not not on the healthcare side, but uh, was this article I linked about uh, Transport Canada approving autonomous drones, basically for monitoring buildings and stuff like mm. like things that are uh, much easier, like th that are remote and hard to send people to to keep an eye on things yeah um it's much easier to and cost effective to send a drone to do that sort of thing um and I, like i've yeah i think there's quite a few cases i didn't find any specific articles on like farming and remote like other uh things like that but i think there are definitely um well, ChatGPT thought it was important, so they thought it was. They mentioned it, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, I was like, oh, yeah, I could definitely see that use case where, um, like, crop monitoring stuff, where you could put put some sensors on a drone and and send it out. Like, 
uh, and cover a lot more ground than a person could. Yeah. That, that totally makes a lot of sense. Um, and one, so one other autonomous drone I, I wanted to bring up since I think it's relevant and was the, uh, Boston dynamics dogs. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if like, these were very big for a little while. There was like kind of, uh, they're, I would say they are rather creepy <laughs> and creepy enough that they made a black mirror episode about them. Like, okay. uh, basically becoming aware and then like taking over, like, so like you would have dogs protecting like abandoned buildings and very like with, with like fully armed and dangerous dogs, <laughs> like, and, and they use the Boston dynamics robots, I think as a, like, um, as a template basically for that, like how, uh, if these systems get out of, out of control, how, like how dystopian that could be. Um, mm. so, uh, it's just another form factor, I guess, of autonomous vehicle, like, which is like a little more cross country, like they can actually navigate like tougher terrain. Um, so I thought it was worth bringing up as a different type of autonomous drone. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I was, um, that I don't think we've mentioned so far is the sort of like um, drones, the, the kind of, again, ChatGPT brought this up in the first, you know, like write me a podcast episode about autonomous drones. Yeah. First thing was swarm intelligence. Um, but I, I think that the concept of like, um, and I, I don't really know anything about the mechanics of this, but it's sort of like cooperative drones um, is where I think we really start to see some like um, multiplier effects, I guess you could call it. So like it's one thing when one drone can do one thing or one right. task, but when drones start working together with other drones in ways that are uh, that allow for different combinations to happen, right. then, then I think we start to see really interesting things going on. So if the if the drone can go out and monitor the crop and then the drone comes back to the tractor and says like we need the spray things over there so then the drone takes off sprays the i don't know maybe right. it's a spray plane or something so it sprays the area or whatever and then it yeah. kind of like so it can all talk to each other so then you're talking about like a completely automated farm system essentially yeah. Um, yeah because the drones are working with each other um so i think that that's what's meant by swarm intelligence this is sort of like they feed each other information in order to collaborate on with a specific goal in mind right um, because whenever there's just one drone there's always sort of like that person so the person making executive decision in the background but if you're like ah this is kind of what we, we needed to do just like optimize the um, the yields that we need you to do this. But the problem is that it's going to use any means necessary to like optimize the yields. So right. you're going to need to include like the one thing, I guess, when it comes to, you know, any kind of AI technology or anything that I've noticed is just such like the amount of explicivity that you need, if that's a word is yeah. next level. Like yes. you need to tell it absolutely everything <laughs> it can and cannot do. Yeah. So it's like, you need to tell me a funny story using <laughs> funny examples right. that are, you know, that people would find interesting. Like, you you just have to really give it everything. Right. Um, and I think that's probably one thing that I would be mildly concerned about, but maybe that's misplaced. I don't know. It's just like the sort of explicitness of instructions that would be required in order to be like, you need to meet this goal, but yeah. not by any means necessary. The one article that I did link was about um, uh, Airbus. Yep. Like the plane, the refueler planes 
refu refueling an autonomous plane. So these, you know, it's like, I need oh, fuel. Yeah. So the plane shoop, comes in, fuels it, leaves. So they are talking to each other. So it's like completely, you know, human-free process so the other plane can keep flying. Right. Um, so that's sort of like a real-life, like, functioning example of a sort of swarm intelligence situation. Yeah. Yeah, and actually, so this is... I was thinking of going a different direction, but this brings up the very uh, legit point, like that mi the military implications of a lot of this technology oh, are super, super real, super yeah. high. Mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of them are being like, if not explicitly, but like implicitly being driven by military concerns. Um, yeah. Because yeah, they, there's just so much utility in these things. And and it is, I think we talked about this already, but it, it is reshaping how we think of, about those things, like how uh, like drone warfare has become ubiquitous in a sense. And like, um, kind of, I mean, it's terrifying, <laughs> to be honest. Like, it's, it's. I know that was the next article that I linked to the Scientific American article that talks about like we're seeing drone on drone combat in Ukraine yeah. right now. So yeah. drones are, you know, creating nets for other drones to like catch you know so um yeah it's definitely escalating and currently yeah yeah it's it's this stuff is very real yeah um but the other thing i was thinking about when you were saying about how explicit you have to be like i think that's something that sci-fi often does really well it, because most of the dystopian or like negative consequences are are often explored in sci-fi and actually the specific example i thought i um i don't know i've played this for a while so you might be aware of it have you heard of universal paperclips the no. game no okay it's like a a little mobile game that basically like the storyline is that you're playing as a um an ai system and your jo job is to make paperclips Okay. So you start out like super simple, like one paper click, 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 like it's just like a clicker. But then it basically like over the course of a playthrough, you go from like producing single paper clips to like automating absolutely everything and then taking over the entire universe to convert all of the matter in the known universe to being paper clips. <laughs> this is like a, I have read this in a book or something. And so maybe it was referencing the game or maybe it's just sort of like a AI yeah. kind of like thought experiment that's really common, which is essentially that all resources will be like without explicit instructions, not to yes. completely use all matter in the universe to creating paper clips. That's what it will do. Yeah. 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 I think it it, it is based on, there was another, it might be Asimov or one of the, like another yeah, okay. classic uh, yeah. sci-fi storyline. That's uh, I, I don't know if it's paperclip specifically. I should, should know the background, but yeah, it, that's the idea anyway. And I think it's, yeah, it's super important to know uh, like even going right back to the start, like uh, Sundar Pichai in, in talking about this, like he, references the risks and basically his takeaway was like the like the fact that we are being very careful about this minimizes the risk but i think the important thing is like i think there's reasonable people that say like the risk is non-zero and the 
the consequence is like complete <laughs> annihilation or, or to, like <laughs> and even if that risk was like 0.001% that's mm. like uh, to a lot of people i think that's unacceptable and i think it's like yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so that's to tie everything together i honestly i don't know how much i feel that but i understand the sentiment i, yeah. I think it, it it's reasonable to yeah yeah i think on the one hand like i i think that uh the the whole you know drones working with other drones and like the the ability that they have to get to hard to reach places and to bring things to people who need them in hard to reach places is one thing that i think in terms of like um helping humanity is a really good thing yeah so that's one thing that's sort of like if there's a bright spot it's that you know i think people should be able to kind of choose where they want to live and if they want to live somewhere that's hard to get to um, you know, that's meaning like really expensive food or like, you know, really poor quality healthcare and that kind of thing. So it's like, if, if that means that people can get the services that they need in a quicker fashion. Um, yeah. but the one thing I would say is just like the, I don't really imagine a future where everything becomes automated so that you could live an entire day with only interacting with no humans, you know, it's like kind of like a, another kind of off grid lifestyle where you're just like, everything yeah. is sort of brought to you or swarmed to you by drones or whatever. Um, because I think like, well, I think it only kind of works in terms of like people's mental health if we're sort of taking care of like human beings, like propensity towards loneliness at the same time. Right. Um, because otherwise it's just like allowing people to just be completely, I don't know, alone, which I don't think is a good thing. Yeah, I think, I think, and I, I always like come back to cost and motivation. Like I think there's, there's a lot of things blocking that that kind of future from from coming to pass and that that's like technology breaks all the time <laughs> and technology needs a lot of uh babysitting I would say or whatever you want to call it like it, it it doesn't have the motivation to do anything on its own really unless like all of that has to be maintained over time Mm -hmm. um, well, it's like that, like last week or, or two weeks ago, we were talking about Kahneman and the system one and system two, where we were talking about the the, yeah. kind of, the kind of thinking that has the, you know, being born, being a human, you have motives yeah. <laughs> to survive is one of them, you know, yeah. um, you just get more and more as time goes on and they get fancier names, but they're all kind of essentially the same. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like. The thing, in my opinion, that's totally missing from that, uh, from the whole picture, and I don't think has any economic motivation, is like self-healing technologies that are like, there's just no economic or <laughs> corporate <laughs> motivation to, like, they are doing the exact opposite with, with planned obsolescence. Oh, like, yeah. They, they want your devices to break. To break. And you to buy. Mm -hmm. a, yeah, because the then you get to come back and buy a new yeah, one. <laughs> the next yeah. shiny version. Or, or yeah, yeah. The next color. <laughs> Let's make all the plugins different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think, yeah, there, there's definitely um, things missing from, like, on the economic side that would make, like, long-term self-sustaining swarm intelligences to be viable like i think and that self-healing is definitely one of them like they it, if they like the the norm is basically that something will be, get disconnected something will shut down and it'll just 
turn into landfill, right? Like yeah. parts of the system will always fail. Um, so yeah, there's, but, but it's interesting. I think it's definitely, um, an area for future development. I think the more robust the system is, the more useful it'll be in, in remote locations. So like some drones, like the, the Boston dynamics ones, I think are extremely robust and built with that in mind. Whereas, and, and which, which makes me think like if there was that dystopia future, it would be from military or whatever. Cause, uh, like, like the public, the, the devices we use on a daily basis are made to break. And I don't see that changing in the near future. Mm. So, whereas, you know, military stuff is, um, and then even like remote support devices, I think they're on the other end of that spectrum. They are made to operate, uh, as, as long as humanly possible on their own. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So good news, ladies and gentlemen. Consumer <laughs> products are made to break. Yes. And that will be the reason that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's a nice, uh, um, happy, cheery note to end. I well, think, <laughs> there's always a bright spot, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, how else are we going to make capitalism work? Yeah. I'm. I'm not a real anarchist. I just throw that in there. <laughs> no, that's good. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Yes. Well, we'll uh, we'll chat next time, Heather. Okay. Thank, thanks, thanks for thanks for talking. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye. Thank you for listening. To hear all our episodes, search for Human V Robot wherever you find your podcasts. 